If you join me in your Bible, if you, don't, if you have yours, if you don't, there's one in the pew. We're going to go to John chapter 21. I didn't mark mine, so I'd give you plenty of time to get there too. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. It says, After all these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two, other, two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered, no. And he said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to, to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for for this scripture, for this story, for this new beginning. Lord, I ask that you put me behind your cross this morning, let my words in your Let my words and my thoughts be yours. (coughs) And Lord, if I misspeak today, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. (coughs) Title today's sermon, Revival. So nighttime was great for fishing. They had this torch and they were out on the boat and the boat glides along the water and the men gaze into the water looking for the fish. And they would fling their nets. Many times you'd see the tired fishermen coming in in the morning and they would have caught nothing. It wasn't always a sure thing. Now this this catch is not described as a miracle. It's not intended to be. It, It happens that often the men on the boat with the net have to rely on someone from the shore to see the fish. Someone who tells them to cast either on the right or the left side because that's where the fish are. Maybe it's the lighting, maybe it's the angle. Either way, it's the perspective. They can't see the school of fish, but the person from the shore can. Jesus was acting as that guide to his friends that day. And then it may be because it was a little dark still that they didn't recognize Jesus. But when Peter realized who it was, he, he jumped into the water, right? Says that he was naked. Okay, he, went, he wasn't actually naked. They had this loincloth that they wore when they fished just so their, their uh, tunics didn't get all in the way and tangled up. But Jewish law required that a person be dressed when they went to greet someone. To, to greet someone was a religious thing. It was... It was a proper thing. And so Peter was just wanting to make sure he was appropriate when he greeted the Lord. 
There were many at the time, even today, who say that the appearances of Jesus after his resurrection were just visions or hallucinations. Still, they still say that. But the Gospels insist differently. They tell us that there was an empty tomb and that Jesus had a real body, that he still had marks from the nails from his wrists and through his feet. He still had the, the scar from where the, the, the sword pierced his side, the spear pierced his side. And this story just clarifies the reality of the resurrection because a vision wouldn't point out the school of fish, would it? From the shore, a vision wouldn't say, the fish are going to be on the other side, cast your nets, you've missed them. A vision's not going to build a fire on the shore, and a, building, a vision is not going to cook a meal and share it with them, right? This is, this is the Lord Jesus that's doing all this. As we begin this new year, 2022, I'm excited about the possibilities here at FUMC Decatur. I hope that y'all are sharing this excitement with me. I know that we've had struggles in the last years. I know that we have. I know about the disagreements, about the division. I know about the pain and the worry and the brokenness. I know about the finances. You know, this, is all, this is all stuff most of us know about. I know that there have been hard feelings. I know there have been questions like, where are we headed? Y'all may be thinking that this morning. Where are you headed with this, Donnie? How will we get there? As we look toward 2022, I think that the way we get there is to listen very closely to what Jesus is telling us. And we can start with today's scripture. It's time for us to cast our nets on the right side, on the other side. History tells us that the fishermen might have missed seeing the fish because of their perspective. You know, the person on the shore, Jesus in this case, was helping to make a bad day better. They were going to go in with nothing. But Jesus said, hey, look over there, you've missed that spot. The only thing keeping them from the big catch was they weren't looking the right direction. Maybe the thing keeping us from the greatness that we're called to is we weren't looking in the right direction toward Jesus and toward the church. We have become so used to doing things one way, one way that we often fail to see the opportunities that are right before us. Just for a minute, let's, let's talk about our Decatur Church family. I'm going I'm to just roll off a list of things that are going on. We have a variety. Things that should be interesting, right? They should be interesting. We have three services that are intentionally different. We have this traditional 1050 service where we have the choir and we have the robes, the organ... Traditional hymns, all the liturgy. I'll tell you, when I came to the Methodist church, that scared me a little bit. I wasn't used to that. Matter of fact, I told Christy, I said, I can't do this whole robe thing. I don't know how they wear that thing. <laughs> I also said, I don't want to make church my whole life. I just want to go and be a part of 
church on Sundays and enjoy it and go home. I don't want to spend every day at church. Literally said those words to her. God is funny. <laughs> the 8.30 service now kind of has a, a blended feel. We have a couple of contemporary songs to begin worship, and we do traditional hymns in, those, in, those, in that service too. The idea there is that we have a little blend of the newer and the older. Maybe to reach folks who like the newer stuff and yet satisfy the folks who really need those old hymns. Real quick, in, in our first appointment in Tom Bean, there was a, a lovely lady who had Alzheimer's. She was, she was staged up there. She was, she was very advanced. And most Sundays, she would sit in the pew. Her, her wonderful husband would bring her, and they would sit in the pew, and he would just hold her hand, and she would just sit there. But if we played those old hymns out of the hymnal, she could sing every word, every verse, without missing a beat. It's important that we have the new and don't forget the old. That's what the 830 service is doing. We have Pecan Street Mission meeting at, at 1030 now, so that if you wanted the opportunity, you can have the opportunity. Their theme for the new year is lead with love. Now, they offer a completely different style of worship. They call it the gathering circle. And in this circle, they have liturgy. They have singing, scripture, reflection, conversation. They, they talk about some of the issues that we don't necessarily talk about in the main church. They talk about some hard things, but it's good. Outside Sunday mornings, we have pub theology. That's taken some interest lately. Other preachers, what do you mean by pub theology, Donnie? Tell me, show up, look. A Monday book study called Common Ground, a Wednesday Bible study, a Zoom study on Monday mornings, Governor's Ridge, several faithful Sunday school classes that continue to meet, that have been meeting for a long time. I didn't even forget to unlock the door this morning. Y'all didn't have to stand in the freezing cold. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, thank you. I ain't bright, but I'm getting there. Decatur Methodist students have a busy schedule throughout January with a great confirmation class. Decatur Methodist Children's Ministry is launching M25 in January, and they're going to be focused on teaching scripture and community involvement, involvement, discipleship, and discipline, encouraging kids to show up. Gabe and Meredith are assets, and they're already working hard. We have the monthly mobile food pantry. We feed seniors on Tuesday. The preschool's having a great year. We've launched a task force to help us remain financially responsible throughout the year so that we don't have to worry about it the last two months. Just, just a joy. If you look at the back there, you know, we've kind, of been, we've kind of been behind all year. Last week's offering exceeded our needed by $65,000 last week's thanks to the to the generous hearts that keep this ministry going. We have a hospitality group that meets and writes letters and cards and visits. We have a new church bus donated to us. We also have funds for a new van. See, I'd like to load up groups of different age groups, young folks, older folks, middle-aged folks, Let's go tour the, the Catholic Church in Lindsay and see the beautiful artwork in there. 
and then go across the street and have Dieter Brothers barbecue. In that order, church and then barbecue. <clears throat> Let's go to the Arboretum. Let's go to lunch. We have a new concert series starting Saturday, January 29th with Gordon Moat here in the sanctuary. We want to we have people of the church in the community showing that, that we're alive and we're active and we're busy and we're interested in what you have going on. We have a lot going on, but there's so much more to be done. Who is it that you know that work or school or the coffee shop or friends or family that don't have a church home? I mean, we have, we have a lot of churches in Decatur, but there's so, still so many people that don't have a church home that they don't have any kind of affiliation. There's so many people who have been over-churched or under-churched or poorly churched. But we can make a difference in that. So where is Jesus telling us that the fish are? Where is Jesus pointing to? Where is Jesus telling us to drop our nets in this next year? The possibilities are endless. You know, this, this great catch of fish was gathered into the net, and the net held them. It didn't break. It said it was too, too big to carry in, but it didn't break. That net, folks, is the church. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what your background is or what your lifestyle is or who you love or how long you've been around or if you've never been to church or if you've been to church forever and church doesn't look like you really think it should or church is exactly what you think it should be. There's room for everybody in the church. There's room for everybody within the net. It's big enough for everything. And the embrace of the church is as universal as the love of God and Jesus Christ. We're called to love everybody. So here's, some, here's four key things that I want us to think about in everything that we do this year. I'm calling this year revival. No snakes and chickens. We're not going to do that. But four things for this year. First thing. <coughs> Scripture, Matthew 22, 35 through 40. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love your neighbor. That's not tough. That's not hard. Second thing, we want to keep in mind the mission of the church. It's on the bottom of the bulletin there. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. It's right there, right there for us every Sunday. So Matthew 25 and the mission of the church to make disciples. Go out and grab people and bring them in and work alongside us or alongside them. Third, third thing, John Wesley the founder of our, our faith, or not our faith, the founder of our, our denomination, the founder of Methodism, said, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Do good. I mean, we can sum that up in two words. Do good. And finally, my, my catchphrase, revival. Revival. How can we have revival in our personal lives and in our spiritual lives and in our relationships and in church and at home and at work? How can we have revival? 
Everything that we do as a church in 2022 should hinge on those four criteria. And if we do that, we're going to see the schools of fish that we haven't seen before. God's going to point us in the right direction. Revival, friends, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.